Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, victory over Luton for us to talk about. Um, as ever, the thoughts of Lee Bullen. Uh, where did he come from? Where did he go? He plays for Wednesday, Odebajo. Yeehaw! Um, and later, Dom, a penny for your thoughts on another departure from Hillsborough. Very good. Been planning that all day. Right, we didn't quite call it a must-win game. but it, well, I mean, it wasn't far off, was it? Um, all things considered, I think we've got to put that down as a very pleasing three points against Luton on Tuesday at Hillsborough. Um, now, we got the points, but it didn't kind of go according to script, did it? Especially not first half. No, it didn't. They should have scored uh, with the couple of chances that they had, and I, I thought they were the, the better team, and Wednesday were second best. Uh, they looked disjointed and almost as if there was a hangover from the Millwall match for me. And uh, I suppose, I mean, the big positive to take away from it is, well, the fact that Wednesday got back to winning ways. And it's the type of match where Wednesday would have slipped up, I think, for me in previous seasons. Yeah. Uh, so I, I look at it from that point of view and take a you know, big positive out of that, that um, they found a way to win and that, that they had to dig deep. And after a pretty average first half performance, uh, they did improve and raise the level after the break, uh, and they got the all important goal. It's it's kind of finding those ways to win a game when Plan A is not really working, which um, didn't quite seem to happen at Millwall, but um, kind of much more pleasing on Tuesday night. Um, I I thought Luton looked really good first half. I, I'll be surprised if they end up going back down because. They seem to have a little bit of something about themselves. They certainly play with some confidence. They didn't give us any time on the ball. I just thought they were a tidy little team. Yeah, I, I, I'd go along with that, James. I think all I would say is that I slightly worry for them that it's by the reports of Red and from speaking to people the other night and then having seen them in action on Tuesday and they came away with nothing, having played quite well, uh, certainly in the first half they've only got one point on the board and so I think the fear for them is uh, where the goal was going to come from James Collins up front was really well nullified by yeah. uh, Julian Borner who was outstanding again mm-hmm. um, and yeah so I think for them I, I worry about where the goals will come from but hey Wednesday won't care second clean sheet in four matches uh, they rode the luck a little bit yeah, uh, in that first half, um, the balance, I suppose, of the side didn't uh, it didn't quite look right. Um, but whatever Lee Bourne said at half time, and uh, you know he made some important tactical tweaks, and the fact that they, they pushed up further up the pitch by an extra sort of ten yards, and they got into Luton's faces and closed them down much much quicker. Uh, and so, I've, yeah, the tempo and the intensity was a lot better. Uh, in the second half, Luton weren't really. Um, I, I don't know if it was that they weren't ready for it in the second half, but they they couldn't really deal with it, could they? And we'll talk about the goal in a bit, but the the goal kind of kind of came from that sort of pushing, really, and just not giving them any time or space on the um, on the ball. Um, we talked about Kieran Westwood midweek and kind of said it was it was kind of a, a fairly big game for him because his start to the season had been sort of wobbly by his standards. Um, Slightly confusing moment, first half. Great save, but kind of from his own doing, really, with him kind of not getting rid of the ball at the at the first um, opportunity. What what did you make of um, Westwood? Yeah, still a little bit nervy, I thought, in the first half. I think you can tell that his confidence uh, maybe has been knocked a little bit from, uh, by his standards, a disappointing start to the season. But 
as I mentioned before, I think keeping a clean sheet is going to be huge and that will help lift him, I think, for the bigger challenges that uh, you know, lie in store over the coming weeks and months. So, um, talk about that first half. I, I thought we we looked sluggish and a bit slow, really, in the in the first half. Probably not the Wednesday team that we've we've seen in the last few games. Um, and then at halftime, I was just thinking, well, what's what's changed? What's different? Um, I wonder how significant it is that Kieran Lee wasn't on the pitch in that in that first half. Is this Wednesday team the same when Kieran Lee's not there? You know, we've we've given him um, so many plaudits since he's he's come back and um, reminded ourselves of just what an important piece of the jigsaw he is and actually when he was out injured Wednesday never really had anyone that did that 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 role in the way that Kieran Lee does um, and obviously we're fairly you know fairly average all the way through the period when Kieran Lee was was out um, I just think we really really miss him I think he's he's just he's so pivotal to that team actually being successful at the way that it, it, it kind of plays now um, having that person that, that really links those different parts of the, the team together and those different parts of the pitch um, we're not the same without him yeah they definitely missed him uh, particularly in that first half the other night uh, no question about that and uh, yeah, I still think that you're looking at it and going, we haven't seen the best of Adam Reach yet. And I do have some sympathy for him that he, he was doing a wide role. And then the last few matches, he'd been asked to play uh, in central midfield. And uh, yeah, there are, there's sort of flashes of his quality on the ball, but they're not getting him, I think, in the positions often enough where he can really hurt the opposition. And so that is, for me, I mean, that's where it's going to be a big, very interesting to see what happens with Adam Reach uh, for the Preston match. Uh, are they going to play him? Are they going to stick with him? Uh, or you've got Kieran Lee. Is there going to be a change there in midfield? It's, it's a good position to be in. And then you've also got Massimo Luongo. So... They've got plenty of options in that department if they need to freshen things up. Yeah, I mean, we'll hear from uh, Lee Bullen a bit later on. I thought it was quite quite interesting listening to what he sort of said today, sort of hinting that actually he's not a real fan of changing things when the team's won unless he absolutely has to. Um, and he did kind of dwell on the fact that he's not really made, um, you know, he's, he's made one or two tactical changes so far this season. Other than that, it's all really been down to injuries and, and suspensions. So um, we'll hear from him a bit later on. Um, decent moment in the first half where Harris made the keeper make a, a, a good save. That was a, a nice moment. But other than that, nothing really to write home about. And then second half, um, a different story. We didn't give Luton anything like the amount of space we did in the first half. Much better. Created a lot of chances. Now, on first glance, the one that resulted in the goal doesn't seem that great. It feels a bit like a scrappy goal. I think John Pearson said that when I watched the highlights. It was a bit of a scrappy one um, in off the thigh of Kadeem Harris. Actually, when you watch that back a little bit closer, there's a, a damn good team goal there. Yeah, definitely. There was, yeah. Jacob Murphy deserves a lot of credit for the cross to the back post. Beautiful cross. Yep. Excellent cross. Stephen Fletcher, uh, not for the first time, has taken up that position and uh, he's got his head on it and he, you know, he saw that Kadeem Harris was in a good position in that six-yard box and he didn't know much about it but it was a, a bit of a sort of um, a predator's finish really from Kadeem Harris and uh, you wonder how many times he's probably found himself in that area uh, over the last few years and, and it, I think he will have found it difficult because mm. he didn't get that much of a look in uh, at Cardiff uh, but that, that seems to be 
what Lee Bourne wants from the the front three and particularly the two wide players that they will interchange and that they won't always stay on uh, on the left or on the right that they move around and then he also wants them to try and get as close to Stephen Fletcher as they possibly can and that was really good support play the other night um, Fletcher's goal which was given was it Borner that was given offside I watched the replay back it's kind of you, you can't really see anything inconclusive did you have a, a kind of a take on it uh, I thought he probably was offside okay. I, I, the flag seemed to go up very early and I didn't really see Stephen Fletcher complaining too much about it. Fair enough. Um, so second half, great, really good performances from Harris and Murphy. We've talked about them a little bit. Obviously, Harris got the goal. Murphy created it. They they were just a bit of a pain for for Luton in the second half, where they're not really being in the um, in the first half. Um, and perhaps after a game at Millwall, where obviously things didn't quite fall into place and quite click, um, it felt second half like you know that 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 one where uh, Harris beats his man on the touchline and and comes storming through. Murphy probably should score. I've got to put that down as a as a, as a pretty bad miss. Definitely hitting the um, target. But yeah, absolutely. Um, but great to see Wednesday creating something like that. We've not we've not seen that kind of thing. Someone storming down the touchline and and doing the kind of Bale esque. Uh, we haven't seen that in a long time. It's a, it's great. I mean, what pace does it? It doesn't half frighten defenders, and and that's the thing that Harris and Murphy uh, can carry the team forward at pace and that ability to turn defence into attack. Uh, Wednesday haven't had that counter-attacking ability really since the days of Jermaine Johnson and Mikel Antonio, uh, as we've discussed before. And it's the fact, it's fact. So you might be able to shackle one of them, but can you, can you contain both? That's really what you're asking the opposition. And, and so I thought Murphy was pretty quiet in the first half, and then he came to life in the second half. I think uh, in his con- in terms of consistency, I think there's still more to come from Jacob Murphy, but Kadeem Harris is banging form, and you're just wanting to give him the ball as much as possible as he can make things happen. Um, I, I have a, a bit of a theory that I've been trying to work on, and I don't know how well I can back this up other than just kind of the stats that sort of back it up. So this this Wednesday team has only been behind once this season, which was way at Millwall, um, and and we we kind of struggled after after uh, falling behind, uh, except you know, created a lot of chances, but without that cutting edge. Um, this Wednesday team is it, is it just we got a first half goal at, at Reading, an early goal against Barnsley. This Wednesday team seems to play better when we're winning, uh, and I don't know if that's just the confidence from being uh, a goal up and that little bit of swagger you get from being uh, ahead. I don't know if there's anything in that or not. It just feels like when Wednesday get the the noses ahead, suddenly it feels like it could be two, it could be three. That we we play with a pace when we when when we're ahead. There could possibly be something in that. I, I just think it's still way too early to make a judgment. There four matches. I think you've got to maybe get to sort of the ten game barometer. I think then before we you can make more of a I think conclusive argument that you know Wednesday say aren't coming out of the traps very fast or um, it's, it's taking them some time to get going. Um, well, I, I don't know if I'm thinking more in terms of the fact that obviously when Wednesday you're ahead, chances are the opposition are going to be coming at you. So whether it just suits us better to be playing on the back foot a little bit, to to be kind of counter-attacking or, or just kind of um, 
uh, having that uh, fallback of, of, of the opposition having to come at us, whether that just suits us better. Yeah, I, it, I, I it go is along difficult. With that. I know yeah. four games is not enough to draw a conclusion yeah. of, but watching that second half quite quite closely, mm. it just felt because Luton kind of had to try and create something that those chances, like the Harris one, those counter attacking chances, I think seem to be where point. we shine. Is a great point that I do think that we may be seeing signs that, that Lee Bourne is turning them more into a counter-attacking team rather than a possession-based team. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, maybe I think that's a good observation, definitely. And it makes sense uh, with the pace that we've got as well, doesn't it, does. it now? Yeah. And he w- he's wanting them to hug the touchline and to stay out wide, to keep the width. And, and under Carlos Carvalho, for example, Wednesday didn't always play with a lot of width, and that was one of the big criticisms uh, sometimes of when Wednesday... Yeah. Uh, if they lacked creativity or that end product in the final third, that they didn't have that explosive pace on out wide, you know, when it was Ross Wallace or even Adam Reach to a lesser extent on the left. And yeah. whereas now Wednesday they have that strength, they they, they have that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it's. I would definitely say that they are turning into more of a counter-attacking team. Yeah, I think that seems to be the way they're heading. So maybe it might be that we find that. Uh, over the course of the season, it could be that they're better results away from home. Maybe. Possibly so. We we have seen Wednesday teams in the past, haven't we? That have uh, that have done that. I always, I always remember the the ninety ninety one promotion team, which had considerably better away results than than home results. It's happened another couple of times. Was it Carlos's first season when Wednesday were better away than at home. I can't remember. I know there's been a, a, a few seasons of uh, of late when that's been the case. Shuva Grey, yeah, that was I think the was one it you were the thinking of. Yeah, where there been, yeah. was only five home wins, but away from home they had a very good way of yeah. playing where. It was so well organised and difficult to break down, and they had players who uh, could, you know, edge them these tight matches. Sounds right. Um, you mentioned hugging the touchline. Speaking of hugging, lots of love for Julian Borner again after um, Tuesday night, and uh, I mean, I guess probably an early contender for uh, for. for Player of the month, maybe, after um, uh, having a really good, consistent start to the season. We've talked about him before, this kind of no-nonsense style of defending that he's got, almost a bit old-fashioned, which you don't see that much of in the game anymore. It's all about bringing the ball out of defence, and we've had a lot of defenders that can do that in the last few years that have maybe been a little bit shaky when it comes to defending. Uh, Borna just doesn't mess around, and uh, that's connected with the fans. Oh yeah, 100%. I think he's already turning into a bit of a cult hero. I think, I think is, we're yeah. seeing that. It, for me, it's going to be, uh, depending on how they go on against Preston and QPR, uh, it's going to be a straight fight for play of the month between Borna and Kadeem Harris, isn't it? I think the way things are going and turning out. But yeah, I, I, the more I look at Julian Borna though, I just think that uh, with his attributes, he's tailor-made for English football. He's he aggressive, uh, strong in the air. He's not the quickest we know, and I, I still think that that's when he's going to get an examination or two when Wednesday come up against forward lines who've mm-hmm. got that out and out pace. And I think uh, that um, that's when he 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 and Tom Lee's are going to come under the microscope, and it will be interesting to see how they fare against that. But oh yeah, so far for a new signing, and again cost Wednesday. Nothing. He is looking an absolute steal. Absolutely. Um, one moment in the second half where I kind of eyebrow was a little bit raised and I was like, hmm, um, would have been Sam Winnell coming on, which of the kind of options that we had for that substitution 
I don't know, it didn't it didn't seem to make a great deal of sense to me at the time, and I wasn't necessarily sold from Sam Winnell's performance that I kind of could see the purpose in that. He looked rusty, he looked a bit off the pace, and like a guy who hasn't played this season and not been involved in the previous squads. So I, so I have got a lot of sympathy, actually, for Sam Winnell. I think I could, what I could see, I think the idea was that Lee Bourne's thrown him on, believing that uh, that he wanted Sam Winnell to really harry and press the Wootson defence when they were on the ball. Uh, and you know that Sam Winnell is going to give you that work ethic. Yeah, it's going to uh, Yeah, it? and he's going to chase things down. And, and so I think maybe that was perhaps a factor in it, but... Didn't yeah. seem to... It didn't work. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. And uh, you know that if uh, Wednesday had conceded late on and if it finished a draw, that that decision to bring him on, uh, I think, would have come under even closer scrutiny than what it has. Uh, But yeah, uh, one of those really that, uh, I mean, Atty knew he was left out um, on Tuesday night. And so he probably would have been him again, who would have been the forward that... Lee Bourne would have turned to yep. rather than Fernando Forestieri as I think he was wanting someone to play as a as a number nine and down the middle and to right. do and uh, to do that job. I, that's only my interpretation of I think why uh, it was Sam Winnell who got the nod. I was just thinking it's just you bring someone on that's defensively minded when you. I mean, maybe that's a negative way of doing it, and maybe Lee Bourne doesn't want to do it like that. But um, for me, it just I just thought why I don't understand why you bring on another striker when um, you know you one nil up at home. You just make sure that you don't you know you protect that that win. But um, I want to go all the way back to um, team selection now. Now we were uh, to be fair, we were both miles off. You predicted uh, Fernando Forestieri would uh, would start. I thought Massimo Luongo would start. Um, Neither of them were there, and neither of us predicted that the fullbacks would both change, um, albeit obviously injury related. So, uh, Morgan Fox coming into the team. There's been a lot said about Morgan Fox in the last few days, um, and there's been quite a kind of debate, I think, among the, the fan base about um, this, and heated debate among the fan base. Where do you stand on this? First of all, the minority, it's important to stress that, that uh, it was not all the fans, but for some of the supporters to boo Morgan Fox's name as it was read out before kickoff. And I remember thinking at the time, did I just hear that? Has that actually happened? Uh, when it was Morgan Fox's first appearance of the season, and so for that to be the reaction, I thought was... It was a joke. It's ridiculous. I, I and uh, I think that the fans who did boo him uh, when his name was read out, uh, I think they should, yeah, hang their heads in shame. Really, that you know that's not supporting your team. That's not getting behind your team. Uh, and to sound a little bit like Chris Sutton at the minute to those to the minority of Sheffield Wednesday fans who booed Morgan Fox before kick off, um, you're better than that. Uh, and I, I, I just think that it's so counterproductive to do that. I mean, do you honestly think that by booing your own player, he's going to then perform better and it's going to help with his confidence levels? I, I don't get it. And uh, I would understand maybe a little bit more if it come off the back of uh, two or three defeats or a really bad start to the season. But Wednesday picked up six points out of nine. 
And uh, I, I do think that the too often uh, over the last year or so um, that Morgan Fox is often made the scapegoat and, and gets unnecessary flack. And the other night he showed character and the, the mental strength that he's got that he came through that. Uh, and by the way, I mean, after the match, without any promptings, Lee Bourne's picked up on it. Barry Bannon's picked up on it. Adam Reach has picked up on it and defended their teammate, their yeah. player, and rightly so, as the, as you would in that situation. Absolutely. But also because uh, that you know they they they, they like respect Morgan Fox an awful lot, and I, I think he gets a lot of unfair criticism. Look, is he the perfect player? No. Uh, right, there are flaws in his game, and if if there weren't, he'd be playing in the Premier League, wouldn't he? Week in, week out. Yeah, uh, and and he's not. Okay. But the fact is that uh, his distribution sometimes does let him down, and he does. And I, he can sense it when the fans get frustrated when he goes for a square pass, or he doesn't pull it off, or whatever, or if he's knocked a ball long aimlessly. Sometimes, yeah, in in possession, he can be very frustrating, and he doesn't overlap and get forward as uh, as much as you'd like sometimes from your defender, uh, as he's not the quickest. But I do think he's a pretty solid defender at this level, and he's had a lot of good games for Sheffield Wednesday. There have been some good games, believe it or not, if you actually look through back over the last year or two, and in the second half of last season when Wednesday lost only three matches in 18 under Steve Bruce. So uh, I think it's time to lay off him. I think it's time right, to get behind him. I really do. Okay. Um, I must say, I'm, I I didn't hear the, hear the booing. I, I, I hadn't taken my seat by that point. Um, how noticeable was it? I've, I've, I've seen people comment on it, so it was obviously, it wasn't just kind of a pocket near to where you are in the grandstand. But um, I, I heard it noticed. clearly enough in the top tier of the south stand, right. uh, and it was no spawn. I picked up on it at the time, and uh, yeah, and then of, of course a lot of fans were commenting it uh, you know, during the game, and uh, I just found it, yeah, disappointing. And also not the first time that this has happened to Morgan Fox at a home match, Derby, last year when he was ironically cheered, when he was taken yeah. off, uh, when they lost 2-1 under Jos Lukai. So I'm afraid that there are some Sheffield Wednesday fans who have got it in for Morgan Fox who don't are not Morgan Fox fans, but... I, I don't think they're going about the business in the right way. I really don't. And so I'd like to think that they're going to give him a chance to win the fans over. Uh, and I think knowing a little bit what Morgan Fox is like as a person, as a character, uh, you know, he's going to get his head down. He's going to carry on working hard and trying to prove people wrong. Well, good. I mean, good on him. Um, I, I, the 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 way you know, where I stand when it comes to booing players, I I absolutely hate it. I, I hate fans booing their own players. Um, I even hate it at full time when, when Wednesday have lost. Uh, and sometimes I'll I'll just leave and, and not, you know, in, in no way acknowledge mm. 
the the team and that's my own kind of protest um of of just kind of having almost nothing to to kind of say um and i, I always hate it when fans boo i hate it more when it's half time because there's still another 45 minutes for them to go out and play and, and there i were think grounds it's one of the things that's contributed to hillsborough sometimes being yeah. quite toxic yeah is is that real kind of negativity and and just how um, I, I struggle to see how that is productive. I, I will accept at full time that you know people have paid the money and they've got a right to make their their voices heard and their opinions heard. Um, and you know we all know by golly, Wednesday fans will do that. They are not afraid of making their opinions heard. Booing a player before the game is uh, is is just insane. I I am not Morgan Fox's biggest fan, and I. Um, on the other side of this, about you know giving me a chance and stuff, I worry with Morgan Fox whether or not his card is just marked with a few Wednesday fans who just struggle to have confidence in him. And and I am on the uh, kind of the edge of that group, if you like, that um, I can't deny when I saw the team and I saw Morgan Fox was in it, and I kind of thought, oh, and and I can't I, that we, it wasn't a, a public reaction, but that's what I that's what I thought because I've seen him have so many shaky games for Wednesday that. I immediately just think that's going to be our weakness. Uh, and it's it's really hard for a player to kind of um, restore that confidence when it's so sort of ingrained in fans. It's not impossible. And we have seen it happen before with with players who have managed to turn things around. Um, and I think, you know, Liam Palmer is probably a great example of, of that because he really has had some stick from the Wednesday fan base before. And stick that's really bothered him as a person, as a, as a player. Um, and, you know, he's dealt with that and turned the situation around um, and we'll hear you know Lee Bullen kind of talking about um, uh, him him being his first choice uh, left back which um, none of us would have guessed a year ago probably mainly because he was a right back a year ago but um, uh, he, th- there there is kind of the precedence there isn't there for a player to be able to turn things around uh, I, I and that's my worry that's my worry with Fox is just whether or not for a lot of fans you just kind of think I, I has that ship just sailed a bit now and, and he's just a player that um, some fans just really struggle to have any sort of positivity about and maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's bad maybe we're, we're you know, bad as fans for for feeling that and thinking that but um you know that that's my worry with it and i guess i, I guess i could I, I ask you that as a question do you see morgan fox as being of the level where a team's going to be challenging for promotion at the top end of the league with with him as one of the fullbacks well last year he was in and out of the team under steve bruce but in the strong finish that wednesday had where they went on a long unbeaten run and yeah he played a part in that and then when wednesday signed him in 2017 that was part of the second season under Carlos Carvalho uh, so i would i would argue that he could certainly be at least a squad player uh, in this team and the other thing to remember about the loser match too was that don't forget about his goal saving block yeah. yeah yeah near the end right that was a crucial challenge yeah there. that was that was brilliant it was and i, I do i think defensively a lot of the time, he's very solid. Actually, when you pick through goals that Wednesday have given away over the last year or two, you tell me, how many can you actually think or label at Morgan Fox and say that was down to him, uh, his fault? Probably not. There haven't been many individual errors, I would say, from Morgan Fox. Um, particularly when you look back on some of the goals that Wednesday have given away, has he? Yeah, I'm not saying he's not contributed to some of them. Or where the, I'm sure there've been moments where he could have dealt with situations better, like stopped crosses at source or whatever. But then, if a cross has gone in, 
and the centre half has lost the man, then they're as much to blame yeah. in my eyes as the fullback is for for that. So it's a, it's a team thing for me. But yeah, get behind. Get. I think Wednesday fans should give him a chance. I really do. The ones who I, I get your concerns, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who uh, you know share that opinion of Morgan Fox that uh, he has been too up and down. Uh, with his form, uh, and I think he has at times been a bit too inconsistent. Um, but he's only twenty-five, right? I, you know, in theory, his best years you'd like to think are going to be in front of him. So okay. show him a bit of support, and yeah, uh, think, you, know, you never know; he might get through this and then come out the other side. He might, uh, you know, prove everyone wrong. You might have won me over. Actually, the point about him being twenty-five is a really good point. You know, it's, uh, there's plenty of teams, isn't there, in this. Um, in this league, who will only sign players of a certain age because the theory is the best years are still to come ahead of them. So um, yeah, all right. It, it's not it's not what we're going to be talking about later on when we come to our opinions. But I think it would be interesting to kind of hear the thoughts of people. So um, if if you do want to get in touch and let us know your thoughts um, on on Morgan Fox, then uh, please do. We've still got a lot to get through. So let's um, let's us to take a quick break and let's hear from uh, Lee Bullen. And we touched on this earlier on him talking about. Out, not making too many changes to the team. I mean, starting eleven wise, the only changes I've really made was one with tactically gone for more in the in the Millwall game. Other than that, there's only really been changes where there's been a necessity. Goalkeeper had to be changed. Paz was injured, had to be changed. Palmer was injured, had to be changed. So we're trying to get a bit of consistency. Work. Don't get me wrong; the odd one or two change here and there will be fine. But um, we're trying to get a consistency of team. And to be honest with the lads that have been playing and getting results probably deserve to keep the jersey but there's one or two that have been in and out that have also played a positive part so we'll see this is quite the quandary isn't it i mean wednesday managers of the past haven't necessarily always had quite a few options at their disposal because of injuries but right now the squad's healthy yeah and i think if you're getting really disappointing performances stroke results it makes your decision making a lot easier to leave people out but as i say it's the lads that have been playing are making it relatively relatively easy as well because they've been playing and getting results, playing well and getting results. So again, they deserve majority of them deserve to to keep their shirt. So we're okay. We're in a good place. Does that apply to Morgan Fox? I mean, he was superb uh, the other day, but you yourself highlighted the fact that he's not the most popular Wednesday player, but he's he's batting against that well, isn't he? I stood up to it, showed a heck of a lot of character, uh, especially second half in the game, and, and did really well in the second half. Morgan Fox is included in that, he did really well. We got a clean sheet. Back four were relatively solid in the second half. Morgan's done great. I think Liam, he's probably our first choice left back at the moment, even though he's right footed because he's done so well. Um, but obviously, if Morgan's got his chance, and as I say, he put on a, a good performance the other night, especially second half. So he's, again, making it a difficult decision if Liam comes through unscathed in the training session today. Lee, what have you made of the job that Alex Neal has done at Preston over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think he's done a great job. Um, he's done really well for them. I thought he did well at Norwich. He's coming to Preston. I think it looks like a really good fit for the club and, and Alex. Uh, the job he's done. Um, the recruitment's been really good. Picking up players from so-called lower level and... and and really giving them a platform to go and show themselves. And uh, he has a, a really good team ethic in there. I know Alex well, I know his assistant really well. Um, yeah, they seem to have built a really good working environment there. 
probably one of the hardest away games we can get. I think a record doesn't stand up too well against Preston away from home, but I think as with anything, the more negative results we've had in the past at a certain uh, opposition, then probably the closer you are to getting that win, elusive win. So we watched the game the other night, I thought they were excellent um, against, I'm sure, Nathan will be disappointed with his team's performance, but they played really well against Stoke. They've got good players. I think they're a group of players that have been together for a while that know each other inside out um, and uh, really play for the manager. So we know it's going to be a tough place to go. Um, but we know we've got players also that play into their strengths and abilities that can cause Preston, cause Preston problems and, that, and that's the aim we've got to do. How confident are you that you have learned from the Millwall away game and, and what you did well there but what you've still got to maybe improve away from home? Millwall was a freak kind of game, you know, a man sent off before half time and then you're basically camped around the 18-yard box for 45 minutes, so it's a freak kind of game, it's not a case of, um, we'll assess that and we'll try and find ways of picking that lock and um, would you have done things differently? Possibly. It's always easy in hindsight to say that. At the time I thought I thought we did everything right other than put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but I don't think that'll be the kind of game we're going to get at Preston. Mm. It'll be a completely different type of game, um, a different style of football that Alice has got his team playing. So it'll be different questions that'll be asked and it's up to us as a coaching staff and us as a group of players to come up with the answers. Uh, you've allowed Matt Penny to go out on loan to uh, St Pauli. What's, <laughs> the, what's the thinking behind that? There's an opportunity for the lad to go and play games where here he may play, say, three or four games up to Christmas, depending if everybody stays fit. And you don't want to keep players when they've got opportunity like that to go and, one, experience a different life education and two, obviously, a good quality of football over there. So we think it'll be beneficial to the football club that Matt goes over and gets that experience and gets involved for team football there where it might be limited here, as I say, if everybody stays fit. The club, do the club have some kind of option on him? I mean, let's say he does well. I think this is the final year of his contract. So it's not, is, it, is it a chance for him to go into the shop window? How do you see that side of it? No, no, no. I think we're still looking at Matt as having a future with the football club. So, as I say, it's just beneficial to get him some game time. Uh, in January, we have an option to bring him back and we'll, we'll reassess that at the time. What was your reaction to, we found out before Tuesday's game, that you, you'd been given a bye for the second round in the Cup with, with the Berry news? From a personal point of view, it's great because obviously the last thing we wanted to do was go and play a, a round behind. But from Bury's point of view, I think it's a big, big day in the history of that football club today. And it's, mm. it's so destroying for the, for the purists of football and the football family, as they call it. I think it's horrible what's happened there and tough that's happening at Bolton at the moment. I don't think it's right. I would much rather have had the opportunity to, to play Bury in the cup at our place. It would have brought them much needed finance as well with a 50-50 gate split in the cup and I don't understand why they weren't allowed to do that, to give them an opportunity to get some money in the bank, but rules are rules. From our point of view, it's a good game uh, coming up against Rotherham, a good local game. I believe we've sold out tickets. I think some lads that have been frustrated will get an opportunity to go and, uh, go and show what they're made of and make my life even more difficult again when it comes to picking a team for QPR. Okay, so we'll uh, we'll come to the Rotherham game in a bit. First of all, uh, they're coming thick and fast. Preston on Saturday. So far this season, they've won two, lost two. Decent enough start. Um, we've said this a lot about the games in the last few weeks. This is going to be another damn hard game. It is, and it comes back to actually 
people saying that Wednesday were given a bit of a kind start in the only six matches. I would argue that Millwall away and Preston away are, are two of the tougher away matches that, uh, that you could have got. Uh, so Preston have been strong at home. They've won both their home matches against mm-hmm. Wigan and uh, Stoke the other night, easily beating Stoke. Uh, they should have Sean Maguire fit, who's uh, a good player up front for them uh, you know, at this level. He's a handful on his day. And they've got good midfielders, Ben Pearson, Daniel Johnson, Paul Gallagher. Uh, and I think Alex Neal, their manager, has done a great job. He really has. And yeah, if Wednesday go into it with any sort of complacency or underestimating Preston thinking that they're going to be a pushover then they're going to be in for yeah, yeah. yeah in real trouble it's kind of a place we've not had the greatest of records in the last few seasons as well uh, very entertaining game at the back end of last season there where Artie News scores the late equaliser and that was a, a real kind of end to end game uh, but did feel a little bit like kind of end of season kind of game um, I, I think it's going to be a very different story tomorrow um, from a kind of a, a team point of view so um, as of this morning Liam Palmer was 50-50 I guess we're just going to have to wait and see on him um, otherwise no knocks or anything from uh, Tuesday night so uh, uh, again a lot of options there for Lee Bullen what would you do um, I think Kieran Lee needs to come back into the team for who I don't know that's quite a hard one I know um, I know who I would uh, I think you're going to say reach I am indeed okay I think so. it, it's the natural replacement I think the one that it's not going to be you know, you need Sam Hutchinson away from home at his combative best, and Barry Bannon is your, the man to dictate and is the man to pull the strings in midfield. And and so, really, for me, that only leaves Adam Reach unless you leave out Jacob Murphy. It's it's got to be Reach or Murphy, realistically, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and it, it would be harsh on Murphy. Um, we we said this, I, th- I think, pretty much these exact words just before the Millwall game, and kind of said you know, Murphy feels a little bit more like a a little bit more like a luxury than than Reach, who's that bit more kind of you know workhorse esque and does that hard work. But he's not had the greatest starts to the season. He doesn't quite look like Adam Reach, if that makes sense. He's he's not firing on kind of all the cylinders that we know Adam Reach can. Um, when he could be more, could have had a couple yeah, of goals. He could have uh, and, and it might be a different story if that yeah. had have happened. He ju- it just feels like it just looks a, just a tad out of source, doesn't it, Rich? Well, yeah, it is. I, I, I have some sympathy for him, as I said before. For he's been played out of position uh, a couple of times. He's not yeah. so he, he needs a I think a long run in one spot, one area. Uh, if Lee Bourne was to decide to go say more conservative, then as, tomorrow, then the option I think the best one would be to put Adam Reach out wide and to leave out Jacob Murphy and put Kieran Lee back in. But yet again, you're then moving Adam Reach. And so he's gone from central midfield, where he's played the last few matches, to out wide. And and Adam Reach, I think, still searching for his top form. And the, the sooner, I think, he gets on the score sheet, the better. It's going to be all around for Wednesday. But, hey, I, I, you can't really complain as... Uh, this is not a sort of a luxury Wednesday've had over the last year or so, where we're debating over who's going to be left out or you know who should start. Yeah, the, you know the fact that 
Liam Palmer, who's the only outfield injury concern going to Deepdale, mm-hmm. is a wonderful position to be it's in. Very luxurious. It is, isn't it? Uh, do you think that Lee Bullen is the sort to slightly play mind games with the opposition? Um, I, I just found it odd him talking so kind of forthright and so, so outwardly about saying that you know he's not really made any changes to the team this season and you know while they keep winning what's the point I haven't um, really seen any evidence to suggest he plays mind games no, I think, I, I I think he's either, very straight and direct that's almost like saying to Preston well it'll be pretty much the same team that played on Tuesday there might just be you know one change maybe a couple of changes max but it's um, hard to argue against then that I wonder whether or not the team comes out on Saturday and we're like oh Forestier is in and Luan goes in and it's just you know he, he rings the changes to keep everything fresh having you know kind of guided uh, Alex Neal down this sort of you know path for, for his team plan I, d- I mean maybe he doesn't think about things that he, he doesn't seem like that kind of manager he's kind of like a spade to spade kind of guy isn't it true but I mean how often have we maybe complained over the last 12 months that Wednesday oh, there's too much focus on the opposition and their strengths and what they can do whereas Wednesday going right this is our team pretty much picks itself, we're going for continuity, we're not going to make many changes. And the other thing I would add is that the most successful teams, arguably in the championship of the last few years, are the ones who don't make lots of changes. And you can virtually pick that 11. Is there a chance that Kieran Lee doesn't come back into the team, do you think? No. No, I think he has to come back in. And I I think that that was the whole point of resting him the other night. And I know he's got on for a few minutes at the end, but to keep him fresh and we, we said that that was always really going to happen wasn't it that it was either going to be Kevin Lee or Sam Hutchinson one of them would miss out uh, on Tuesday night, and it was Kevin Lee and so yeah I, I, it's a case of who's going to make way for me for Kevin Lee um, they're coming thick and fast after that Saturday, Wednesday uh, Rotherham in the Cup uh, obviously Wednesday getting a bye through to the second round because of the calamity that is uh, the situation with Berry. Um, so that that obviously gives Lee Bullen a chance it was interesting hearing him talk so positively about that game because you could view that as being a bit of a pain in the week between two tricky games um, that is going to give him the chance to give some people a run out who've not had chance yet you look at people like David Bates who's not had a a run out yet. Um, you would look at um, who else Fernando Forestieri, Atinuyu, Dominic Ayol for if he doesn't play. Yeah, maybe win all as well. You know, a few players that you kind of think right, it's their chance. Luongo probably another yep. one as well. Uh, a chance for those for those guys to get some uh, game time. Maybe a couple of the the younger lads that are still around as well to to kind of you know make their mark. Mm. Um, Jordan Thornley seems to have kind of vanished into obscurity, and um, you know it'd be great to kind of see him get um, some game time as well, just to remind us that he. He's, you know that he's around and that he's still um, it's still part of the fold. So um, yeah, it's it's that that'll be an interesting one that on, on on Wednesday night. It will, and I suppose the other thing I would throw in there is that that cup tie will become even more important uh, if Wednesday were to slip up at Preston as well. I think that uh, that back. might well yeah, and it might well, it might then affect Lee Bourne's thinking slightly in how strong a team he picks. We all know that the Cup is not going to be top of Wednesday's priority list. Uh, And the fact is that if Wednesday right now, if you offered them, you lose to Rotherham, but you were to win the next two league matches before the first international break, I think I know which option they go for. 
Fair enough. Um, shall we get the thoughts then of uh, Moses Odebijer and let's hear him uh, discussing his start to the season. No, I feel like obviously it's been a different start for me obviously to um, to have won so many games to start. Um, that's the start, sorry. Um, and secondly, obviously, this is the first time I've started um, a, f- a full season since I think it was 2000 and 2016. Um, so I think I'm just relishing the moment of obviously putting a jersey on every day and, um, and and showing the fans what I can do, you know. And I feel like um, I'm slowly building building rhythm um, towards the, the winter time where where I should be fly fly high and you know and, and show everyone what I can do. Do you feel that, yeah, because you've had some horrendous injury problems, that that almost serves as a bit of extra motivation now when you are given given the shirt here? Yeah, no, it does. It does certainly. You know, I feel like um, every time I'm, I'm named in the starting lineup, I have a point to prove. You know, and I feel like um, as the games go on, I'm, I'm getting stronger and stronger. You know, now it's, it's all about connecting connecting all the dots together. You know, to to bring a, a, a match winning performance, or I've certainly not helped the team. Um, Push, push to the levels that we know this team can push to. Because you've had that full summer, that full pre-season, Tony Strubrick's come in. How, how would you say it's then so far different? Because you obviously played quite a bit of football last season, of course, following on from becoming fit again. I feel like it's obviously been um, been a stepping stone because obviously with, with a long-term injury, you know, you can't really rush things. You just have to let your body, you have to listen to your body, you know, and and, and sometimes it, it takes longer than usual because I'm, I'm sure anyone who's had a long-term injury wants to just fly back into action straight away and I'm, and, and that's not really the case, you know, and um, I feel like realistically I've, I've I've been fully fit now for about six six months if you include last season because I didn't really play towards the beginning of the season. So for me, I'm just relishing the, the chance of putting, putting the shirt on week in, week out. It's the... Is the idea of the injury still in the head sometimes when you go out there? It would be understandable were it to. No, I don't think it is. I just feel like I've gone, I've gone past that stepping stone now and, and there's bigger things that I worry about rather than me getting injured again because I know that my body is stronger than it was before because obviously when you do get injured, you work on things that you wouldn't have worked on and you come back stronger than you already are. Mm. So obviously match fit, match ready, playing games, but... On that level of fitness, and this is the last question on this, how much more would you say is to come then in terms of being fully where you want to be fitness-wise? I feel like there's still, way, there's still way more to come, but that will come obviously through playing games and through connecting with my teammates as well. You know, I feel like it's we've only played, I think it's three or four games now, you know, and, and it's still early, early doors because come December, everyone forgets about the, the games that we played in, um, in August. And that's one good thing about this league. You could say that there are many games and games that are stacked up against each other, you know. So I feel like you have to just take every game as it comes. Mm. You have, though, made a good start. Three wins from four and a, and a what-if down at Millwall. How, how pleased are you with that? Yeah, I feel like that's credit to the, um, to the camp, you know. Obviously, Billy's coming and, you know, and he's, do, he's doing what he can. Um, but without, obviously, the lads digging in and everyone wanting to win, you know, that's not possible. And... Um, it just shows the group that we have, like everyone wants to run. Like if you look at the stats um, in the changing room after games on on the Monday, it's, it's incredible that there's always there's always a top three and, and the stats, everyone who's not in the top three still run ridiculous amounts and it, it just shows that willing and that desire that everyone has and, and everyone's on the same page, so it helps. And it brings about competition for places, not least at right fullback, really. There's loads of you. 
Yeah, there is. I think there's yeah. loads. There's loads of fullbacks. There's loads of centre mids, and I feel like it's um, it's a good thing because it helps you strive to to be the best you can be, you know. And and any day you let your standards down, you're always reminded that there's always someone who can who can take your position at the end of the day. So I feel like you need to perform to the best of your ability, and, and if you're not, I'm, I'm sure Bully um, and the coaching staff they will they will choose whoever's right, whoever they feel like who's right for the job, you know. And, and that's it. However, it did sort of bring a, a thought in my mind it's not that long ago well it probably is in football terms when we saw you playing for, for Leighton Orient and you got 12 goals in that season you've kind of been doing that at right back can you so playing further forward is that still an option for you do you think? Um, never rule it out you know I feel like I'm, I'm like a modern day fullback now and, and I feel like what we have on the wing this season you know is something that the club's obviously lacked for, for a couple of years um, and credit to the boys on the wing because they're they're a, they're a handful, um, and I feel like they're going to be very important for us this this season. You know, so for me, it's just um, playing and, and playing where I can play and helping the team pick up three points week in week out. You were signed by one manager who then made headway elsewhere up to Newcastle. Do you? Um, do you want Lee Bullen to get the job? I know the lads are all coming out and saying, look, yeah, we want Lee Bullen. Adam Reach was quite forthright on it on uh, on Tuesday night. Do you want him to be the team's next permanent manager? No, it would be nice if he got the job because um, obviously we all know him very well. We're comfortable around him. He's comfortable around us. Um, and he's obviously been the, the lads' coach for, for a couple of seasons now, you know, and, and it's... Realistically, it comes down to the owner, you know, and if if the owner wants to give him the job, then then we'll be very happy with that because as we've shown that we where everyone's going to run, everyone wants to play at the end of the day. So if Bully was in charge, I don't think no one would would not want to stop running because everyone wants the same goal, and that's promotion. Uh, just on on that squad, clearly you you are a player with some experience behind you rather than just a, an eighteen year old making his way in football. But when you're getting used to new surroundings and a new team. How much of a help, helping hand was it that actually a lot of the squad here have been together for a while now and there are the tried and tested that form part of quite a strong group already? Yeah, I feel like that that helps a lot, you know, because um, when you, like you touched on it before, when you do go to a new place, it does feel like you're, um, you're sticking out like a sore thumb. But no, I just feel like when when the lads are just, just down to earth, you know, and, and come to talk to you and having general ship chat, that eases you into into it, you know, and then especially on the pitch we're playing against each other in the years that have gone past, it's kinda of like, you know, what we we kinda of know who he is through playing against each other and that helps and even even the lads who've come in, like they feel like they've settled straight in into the group, you know, because it's such a free flowing group and, and and everyone's just very welcoming and that's credit to the boys. Preston then just finally from me, what what what's your assessment of them and, and the challenge they pose? Every time I've gone to Deepdale it's been <laughs> Um, it's been tough and you know what you're going to get they're going to be in your face and, and I feel like this year I watched them the other day and obviously Stoke obviously on the day didn't really perform um, but you can see that Preston have got quality now you know and, and that's something that they lacked for a couple of years but um, I feel like it's going to be a very tough game and, and we need to do what we can today in the training pitch to, 
just to look as much as where we can affect them as possible, you know, and, and cause an upset. So just uh, just one real kind of piece of Wednesday news this week. Uh, Matt Penny going out on loan when your football worlds collide uh, to uh, St. Pauli over in Hamburg. Of course, managed by someone who will be very well known to Sheffield Wednesday fans in uh, Jos Lukai. Um, so we'd kind of talked some about, you know, the being one or two of the younger players that would really benefit from it. I, I was... A little surprised about Matt Penny going out because I really see him as being a real key part of Wednesday's future. Um, he does need to play football, and if Lee Bullen doesn't think he's going to be playing that football for Wednesday, I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to see him in the Wednesday starting team, to be honest. But if if, if that's not going to be happening, then it is better that he goes somewhere and uh, and gets some game time. And um, we've talked more about the the, the Survive Bundesliga in the last few weeks than we probably ever thought we would do on this uh, on this podcast. Um, but it is. It is quite a tricky league. It is a hard uh, league there, and it's very, very, very tight. Um, St. Pauli are going to have a difficult um, season, so um, he will he will certainly get his chance to prove what he's all about over there. I think good on him for going to Germany, to, to go into a new country and learning a new culture at 21. I'm sure that he probably would have had offers, other offers here in England, and he could have stayed here. But, uh, yeah, you know, clearly grateful that it was Josh Lukai who gave him the opportunity last season gave him his Wednesday debut I, I did like the way that you refused to mention his name then didn't you so uh, yeah I thought I'd get it in there and I, I, I hope it works out for him I hope it goes really well he needs games it's it's a big season for him his contract's up next summer uh, so yeah we heard that from Lee Bowen saying that he's still is very much part of Wednesday's future. Yep. But I think for his development, that's why it's important for him to go out, hopefully play 20 to 30 matches, does well, maybe scores a few goals, depending on what position he plays at St. Pauli. And uh, yeah, he's not the only one. We've seen Jack Stobbs and we've seen Connor Kirby. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next week or so, maybe we saw Ash Baker go out on loan as well. Another yeah, one who needs matches, who's not going to get much of a look in. Uh, yeah, so I think Wednesday, uh, yeah, and you, if you put in Joe Van Aken there uh, into the equation, Wednesday've actually done very well in getting players out on loan yep. uh, to ensure that the play matches, and, and that is something that we've struggled with for the last few seasons. I mean, mainly because we've just not been able to. We've actually been struggling for players ourselves. Um, so the, the the players who you would class as not necessarily being the senior players uh, or kind of you know the the starting squad have had to stay here because we've just we've had to play them. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Matt Penny gets on. Um, I will be over to see a few games, so I will uh, report back on how he uh, how he gets on over at St. Pauli. Um, our opinions then. So last week we asked about the worst signing of the Chancery era. I said Abdi. You said Jordan Rhodes. Um, so here's a, a few people who sent us their opinion. So Gary said Abdi or Van Aken. Nicholas said Abdi. Serge said Abdi. Andy said Abdi. Nathan said Abdi. James oh, come said on. Abdi. You've just picked out Rob, all the ones who've said Abdi. Come Rob, on. Rob said Abdi or Irby. Um, Wes said Abdi. Charlie said Abdi. Swinton Owl said Abdi. And Mark, to be fair here, he said it was a four-way tie for him between Bush, Lackman, Irby, and Abdi, um, how many people do you think agreed with you on Jordan Rhodes? None, 
none is the right answer. Well done. We did have some other uh, ones. So we had John and Pennsylvania House who also said Erby Emanuelson. Uh, Jake and Nathan saying um, Jacob Butterfield. Um, Lewis, um, Lewis, sorry, saying uh, Reese Wiggins. That's a name I've forgotten about. Uh, and Cam says Yosla Hukai, um, which I think probably wins. So well yeah. done. Um, this week, oh, this is over to you. It is. And actually, it's on a similar theme in terms of signings and recruitment and uh, we were thinking about this in the office the other day uh, so who have Wednesday signed uh, it could be from literally any era you like 70s, 80s, 90s more recent who've made slow starts at Sheffield Wednesday but then have gone on to win people over so after so after a slow start have gone on and uh, actually uh, yeah, won people over, and Wednesday fans have, have thought, you know what, he started off poorly, but uh, he's turned out all right. I suppose this is relevant to the discussion earlier about bit, about yeah. Morgan Fox, and uh, you know we mentioned Liam Palmer, who I don't think quite falls into that category, but uh, has certainly had moments in his in his time. Um, do you know who I'd actually um, mention here uh, would be Stephen Fletcher. Because I think when he first joined Wednesday, he first couple of seasons didn't do a huge amount. And I remember there were, there were points actually where he was linked with going out on loan. Um, and he was kind of one where we thought, oh, he's quite high wage. He'd be a good one to get out the door because he's not really got a future anymore. And then suddenly came into form. And the last kind of 12 to 18 months has really made the striker position his own. I'm not having that. Why? In his first season, he was second top scorer and he got double figures. And was a key player in Wednesday getting into the playoffs. But when, so thinking when, you know, when Rhodes came in and, um, you know, we got, we, I, it was, we got so many strikers around the place. But do you remember there was a transfer window where he was linked with yeah, yeah, that a, was, a low move away because he just was, wasn't getting any of that. That was the last team. summer and it was Panathinaikos. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, and you kind but, of think, oh, it wouldn't be such a bad thing if he goes. But then last season, he, he, he was injured. I want to say last season, sorry. Is in the 2017-18 season, he missed most of that through you know, knee surgery. Or I think it was certainly the second half of the season, and then that's when he started to get links with Panathinaikos. But you're not going to like uh, that, bit, are you? No, well, no, you're wrong. I think you are wrong, actually. Though he, he in the, even in the first season, I think it was ten goals he got. So Forestieri got twelve, and he got ten. So uh, yeah, without his goals and that partnership he formed with Gary Hooper, uh, I'm afraid you you are wrong there. I'm not going to... I think I'm going to shoot you down on that. All right, who are you saying? Uh, I'm just going to sulk over here. Oh, yeah. Well, minute. you could argue Kieran Lee um, a little bit because when Wednesday signed him, of course, he was a right-back and I don't think really many fans were blown away with his performances in the first year or two under Dave Jones, uh, even a little bit under Stuart Gray until Stuart Gray was the one who converted him into a central midfielder and then we've seen what's happened when he has been out mm-hmm. on the pitch in the last few years so I, I, Kieran Lee would be maybe one that of recent times I would put in that category you could probably argue Adam Reach to an extent yeah. as well who had a bit of a slow um, start and a lot of people classed him as being a waste of money for, for a while um, so yeah um, tell us what you think we will use some of your thoughts next Friday join in the conversation with the hashtag Alpinions on Twitter uh, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen I'm at James Marriott and the show at Dom and James thank you to our gold sponsor Taito Law who you can find at Taito Law or or titolaw.co.uk. Uh, that's just about it. Thank you for joining us. 
as ever, we welcome your feedback on the show. We appreciate your reviews as well. Uh, please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice to make sure that you get the new episode every week. You can check the show notes as well if you want to find out how you can become a Singing the Blues supporter. Up the owls and see you next Friday. Yeah.